Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to join us here on The Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website, and ClarkDeals.com, well, that's where you can go to save money each and every day. Coming up in just a little while in today's Clark Rageous Moment, we do not have debtor's prison in the United States, at least in theory. But yet there are more reports coming out about people ending up in jail for unpaid debts as small as $3. I'm going to fill you in on that. And then later, I got a new deal for you on talking on that phone. I'm going to fill you in. There's a deal that's only going to be around for several more days, and then it is gone with the wind for now. Something is not going away anytime soon. The hassle factor that you and I face because of the massive Equihacks, Equihack, Equifax hack, whatever. And so the repercussions continue in so many different layers, so many different ways, And something that insults the American people is the do-nothing people in Washington have not lifted a finger to do anything at all to provide any additional protection to you and me as consumers as we're completely exposed. The members of the House of Representatives think they only represent the people that give them money. And the Trade Association for the Credit Bureau's Equifax TransUnion Experian is doing the rope-a-dope, and they want nothing done that will provide any protection at all to you and me as consumers for what we now face with our reputations potentially in tatters, our ability to borrow money destroyed, our ability to get a job in danger, all because of the Equifax hack. And they're doing nothing. Nothing. So there is change coming, potentially, though, from the states. As legislators in state after state have proposed bills that will provide you additional layers of protection for your identity, And I've gone over some of those in the past. I had the privilege just yesterday of testifying in one state capitol for a bill that would make credit freeze in that state free. The state was the state of Georgia. And as I said, when I talked about this in January, I would like to go testify in any state that would like me to come testify about the steps that any of our states can take to fill some of this vacuum from the do-nothing Congress that does not seem to care one lick about what happens to you and me. And so the action is going to have to come from the states. And making credit freezes free is one very useful step. And the reason that's important is that Credit freeze is the only technique we have available to prevent criminals over years to come from 
opening accounts as if they're us. And then we're left to clean up that mess, and that can take months or years. So for us to have to pay to protect our own identity is ridiculous. And credit freeze being free is, at a minimum, what should happen to provide protection to you and me from the depth of this just awful hack at Equifax that was because of their extreme gross negligence. And the thing that startles me is that there's nothing happening at all, it seems, to hold Equifax accountable for having been so reckless and so careless with the deep dive of personal information that they have in their server farms on so many of us that we never gave them permission to build these dossiers on us. In fact, we have no control over that. And one thing I would have wanted the Congress to do would have been to give us the right to prevent these organizations from doing the deep data dives on us, building these dossiers on us, and selling our information off over and over again without our knowledge or permission. What Credit Freeze does is it shuts Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian down from slicing and dicing our information, building these dossiers on us, and selling our information repeatedly. It also prevents a criminal from impersonating us and opening accounts as if they're us, using the credit reporting system as their gateway to be able to do so. If you've not set up Credit Freeze, I strongly recommend you do so because prevention is the best cure. It's much easier to prevent somebody from impersonating you than it is to clean it up after they've done so. And I've got tons of information on Clark.com, how Credit Freeze works and how to set up one for yourself. If you set it up automated, it's really easy to do. And it's also easy for you to thaw your credit at a time you need to apply for credit somewhere. Les is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Les. Good morning. How are you doing? Actually, doing great. Good. How can I serve you today, Les? Well, I'm, I get to listen to you almost every um, day for a little while on the way home from taking my wife some supper. And well, aren't you an you- incredible husband? <laughs> So you fix you trained well. So you fix your wife dinner and then uh, drive it to her. She's a pharmacy tech at a local hospital, and um, since you're delayed over here uh, in Tulsa, I don't get to hear you. You don't come on here until seven, and so I hear you on the way home from taking her dinner every night. Wow, are you a good cook? Well, I have help. Okay. I I take leftovers or, you know, just we stop by and get something. But anyway, I do take care of her. She's spoiled. That is really wonderful. But anyway, I hear you often talk about long-term care. Oh, what a difficult topic for me to address. It is. Um, I'm an agent. I've sold long-term care for about 24 years. And... 
you are correct in many ways. I, I disagree with you on one. I think you ought to lower your age that you think people should get it till 55 instead of 60. I see a lot of people getting ready to get on Medicare and stuff that have a lot of health issues, and you have to be pretty healthy to get long-term care. I've had people turn down simply because they're overweight. doesn't have to be a health issue. Now, home health care is a lot easier to get, but you got to look at price, health issues, and everything else. But what I've noticed over the years, and you've talked about this, is the rate increases. Now, most of the rate increases seem to happen when people have inflation protection. Now, on the surface, that sounds like a smart idea. What people mostly do is they're going to start off in your 50s or 60, knowing you're probably not going to need it for 15 years, 20 years down the road. And so you start off a little less than what you need right now, let the inflation protection build up. So when the time comes that you need it, it's going to be there where you want it. But what happens is two things. One, I see people with almost annual rate increases. So when it gets up to the time and they're retired and on a fixed income, they can no longer afford their policy. 100% right. And that is the dilemma that I'll hear from somebody who's had a policy in place 15 or 20 years and they're left with an impossible choice. The insurer will say, well, we can reduce your coverage by this percent or we can reduce the number of years of coverage or whatever, and then we'll lower your premiums down. And some. who wins this? The insurer wins every time. Every time. And so course, what do we do? Know, all right. First thing is, now, of course, it's going to vary on city, what state, and everything else, but in your area, look at what you need to take care of the needs now. Let's just, as an example... Say you need $150 a day, and some people may think, my God, that's a lot. Others are going to look at it, well, that ain't near enough. You could go at 200 a day if you're in a larger metropolitan city, whatever. Multiply it out. This is what you need for today. Now, 15, 20 years from now, let's just add something to it. Let's say it's 150 a day now, which is a little bit better here in Tulsa, but Dallas is 200 So, you know, again depending on where you live, times 30 days, that's how much? Uh, $4,500 a month. Yeah, or 6000 depending on the example, right. Exactly. Now, add some to that. If it over here is 150 say, okay, I want to bump it to 200 So I'm looking at $200 a day, and I'll start it now. Now, if you look at the price... And, then, and look, an agent knows the prices. The person that's in front of doesn't have a clue. They need to trust the agent. And I'm sorry, a lot of times the agent's not exactly doing what's right for the client. But the price, if I, if I look at a policy at $100 a day with inflation protection, it's going to cost more than a variety one for $200 a day without inflation protection. I got it. And um, we're running out of time, so hit me quickly with Okay, that's the most important thing you want to make sure people know. Buy a bigger daily benefit up front 
give up inflation adjustment, and then you won't have as much bill shock down the road? That's correct. Not often, you're never going to get a rate increase, but they won't be annually, and they won't be near as much. Well, you know, the biggest problem with the long-term care is that people are living a lot longer and being a lot sicker and needing a lot more care than the insurance industry expected. I think they've got their arms around that now, but that means people coming along now are really getting clobbered with much higher premiums and much less benefit than before. And I really appreciate your perspective, Les, on an alternative to what I've long said about inflation adjustment, and I'm going to take that under advisement. Today's Clark Rageous moment is something that I am just stunned to have to share with you, but there are important lessons in this for you as well. It involves people who owe small debts being locked up in jail for those small debts, something that should not be happening anywhere in these United States. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. USA Today has an extensive story about how in many states, as many as 44, judges are locking people up at the behest of debt collectors for unpayment for non-payment of very small debts. And USA Today says that even people who have used the bankruptcy court process to set aside a debt are still being locked up by local judges at the request of debt collectors. And the courts in many states, local courts, benefit from fees that are charged when debt collectors go to a judge and try to get a judge to lock somebody up to try to compel them to pay a debt. Debtor's prison is one of the horrors that existed in Britain. And it's something that very early in American history became something we did not do in our country. But unfortunately, it is happening. Now, most often, when people end up getting locked up, it's when they're served a suit that's been filed by a debt collector and they don't show up in court. Now, as I've said in the past, anytime you were served a suit for a debt that a debt collector is attempting to collect, you must go to court. You must go to court. So what's happening is people are not going, the collector gets a default judgment, and in many states they're able to then manipulate that judgment into you being arrested and being locked up. It should not be happening. It is unconscionable, but it is happening. And so you need to know there's multiple benefits to showing up in court. Often, when a debt collector files an action in court to go after you about a debt, they have no real valid proof of the debt, the amount, or the rest. They're just going from uh, a reference sheet. Often, it'll be a single line item on a printout of accounts they have purchased. It could be in a, a debt you don't even owe. could be in a debt outside statute of limitations. If you don't show up in court, it becomes a grant by the court, a default judgment against you, and then it is a legal, legal debt that you can be collected against and 
you can end up in jail because of. Is that enough reason for you not to ignore a motion, a notice, and show up in court? Now, let me tell you how it plays. Almost nobody ever answers these and shows up in court. When you show up and you say, I dispute the debt, the lawyer representing the collector knows that he or she has no proof anyway, and they'll say, uh, we'd like to dismiss this action against Mr. or Ms. So-and-so. You don't show, you owe, even when you don't. And you could end up behind bars. So remember this, take this to heart, and protect your best interests by showing up before the judge. Otherwise, the judgment goes automatically against you. I'm so glad to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge that'll help you pack a punch in your wallet. Our website, Clark.com, and you can follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. So it's weird. There was just a story a week ago that was written by a Wall Street analyst that was so authoritative saying that we were going to see much higher cell phone bills this year, that the competition was over, and that prices were going to go up. So right after that happened, T-Mobile came up with a special that is just good for the next several days, that once you're in it, you're in it for as long as you want to keep T-Mobile service, but four people on a plan pay $140 a month, 35 a person per line per month for unlimited talk, unlimited text, unlimited data, free Netflix. And so if you're paying for Netflix right now, there's a conversion you do, and then T-Mobile picks up your bill for you. And then free international travel for unlimited data and unlimited texting in most countries in the world for 140 a month. A great, great deal for anybody who travels outside the United States. But if that's not your thing, if you stay in the good old USA and traveling overseas is not part of your life, there are deals right now from the off-brands of the major carriers, because they all have off-brands that are extra cheap. And by comparison, where this T-Mobile deal is better than you get from the others of the big four, the discount brands are really pushing right now four lines for 100 a month with unlimited talk, text, and data. And the off-brands are Metro PCS, Boost Mobile, and Cricket. However, Cricket's four lines for 100 comes with tight restrictions on the value of that unlimited data. So if Unlimited data is important to you, and getting the lowest possible price is the plans from Metro or Boost are the best in the marketplace. Again, if international travel is not significant or important to you. If having the lowest possible cell phone bill is what you're really into, there's a little-known company called Republic Wireless, which for one person is still the best deal in America. It's $20 a month for unlimited talk and text, and that includes one gig of data a month. One gig 
is what would be for a low to low moderate user of data in a month, somebody who's not uh, streaming stuff all the time, you're just checking emails, just doing simple web surfing, then one gig would be plenty and 20 a month is quite a deal. We have a complete list of the deals available right now from various cell phone carriers for you on our guide at Clark.com or you can also link to it at ClarkDeals.com. Donna is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Donna. Hey, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Donna. You have a question for me that I usually hear after a natural disaster or when there's (laughs) concern about uh, any kind of war or anything like that. What are you interested in? Well, first let me thank you for your... (laughs) all of your help. You saved me probably, I think, about $700 on our hearing aids. Uh, you also told us about the fr- to freeze credit. We've done that. It's great. And it didn't cost us a thing because we're old. <laughs> well, so tell, me, great. tell me about Thank the you. hearing aids. What did you end up getting? Uh, I went to, I think it, mm, it, it's the, the top of the line. Uh, if I had paid for it, out of pocket. It would have been about $6,000. And Woo. great hearing aids. They're wonderful. And uh, had some coverage on my insurance. And then I think I got a $700 discount on the, um, um, the whoever y'all had linked to. I went on your website and got it. Okay. And uh, it was just wonderful. And I appreciate it so much. And then having our credit frozen has been a real blessing to make us feel safer so thank you and i'm glad about that and good news for others that are going to be considering hearing aids over the next couple of years hearing aids in the united states are going to get much 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 cheaper oh that's wonderful yeah because so many people would like to have hearing aids Mm -hmm. and they just can't flat out afford them Right, and right. the price points of them are going to collapse. So, oh, that's that's good news. That's good news. It is great news. Um, I, I have a theory that people don't have dementia; they just cannot hear, and so they answer inappropriately, or they don't. They stop communicating. So, I think that's wonderful. That's great. Well, I but love what, that positive thinking, which is interesting. <laughs> you want to ask me something that's usually based on negative thoughts, right? Right. Um, we the we were wondering. We were looking at emergency food, and we've been talking about it for quite a while. But um, we are have looked at a lot of different companies, and you know everyone is the best, of course they say. And we even went to the point where we got a sample sent to us. And you know I'm a good Southern cook, so it didn't taste very good to me. Oh wait, but, wait! Uh, emergency food supplies that are going to be able to hold up for a long time, right? they're not going to be tasty. They're only okay. going to be about keeping you alive. Okay. Don't expect anybody's said. food to be something you're going to say, yum, I can't wait to eat this afternoon's supply of <laughs> non-perishable emergency food. Okay, so that's that's too much of a great expectation. That is way part. too much of a great expectation. <laughs> it's going to okay. taste, you know, it's going to taste a bit like a cross between sawdust and cardboard. Right. That's right. what it, that's what the sample tasted like, right? 
well, it it was it was not horrible, but it just you know when you're used to good food, it it, it was. I, if I was hungry, I would have been thrilled and thankful to have it. But um, you know, it just wasn't. And I figured if that was their sample, that the rest of it probably that was probably the best they had. So well, I'll tell um, you the the top players in that now are probably um, Sam's Club number one. Oh, really? And Costco number two. The, both of them sell massive units of non-perishable emergency food. I did not know that. And we were looking online, you know, places. Yeah, see, both of them, and, and you buy them from their websites, from samsclub.com or costco.com, uh-huh. and they sell a variety of uh, supply quantities from one year of food down to just a couple of weeks. Okay. Well, that's thank you very much because I hadn't even considered that. Do you have to be a member for the Sam's Club if you purchase it online? You know, that's a good question. I don't know if you have to be a member or not. Mm-hmm. So okay. I, I would go to the website and see. If you okay. had to join, it would cost you uh, $40, $45 to join. Uh-huh. If you're buying a big supply of food, that's like nothing compared to the cost of the food. Right, right. That is good good information. Thank you so much. And by the way, a year's supply of food from the warehouse clubs tends to be at a starting point of about 3500 to as much as $6,000. Okay, okay. But um, generally, you need only, if you're worried about uh, most emergency situations, the recommended amount of non-perishable emergency food supply to have is two weeks and then you're talking about a fraction of the cost and if you end up buying from a supplier that the food really is just miserable eating it then you'll be happy you only have two weeks supply of it donna and we have sanjeev with us hi sanjeev how are you all right sir how are you doing Clark? great thank uh, you how I'm can i be confused. of service to you I'm a little confused with all these experts shouting up and down, you know, correction is coming, correction has gone, and now market is up and market is down. And now in January, we had higher inflation than expected. And now they're saying because of that, the Feds may increase interest rates further, quicker or, you know, much more than they were planning to. And my thing is, if inflation is already high, wouldn't adding the, the interest rate getting higher, would not that add to the inflation? make it worse actually what happens is when the federal reserve um oh my goodness this is gonna seem so pointy-headed and dull when the federal reserve takes actions that effectively raise interest rates and they do it typically in quarter point increments it essentially pulls money out of the economy and it slows things down so if inflation is a problem and the Federal Reserve pushes up interest rates using the levers they can that controls the interest rates they can control, then let's take an example. So let's say they go up, like some economists believe, they're going to go up a whole nother point this year in interest rates, You know, raise it four yep. times by a quarter point. And you have uh, so many Americans that are running credit card balances. Credit card interest right. rates immediately reflect the changes in rates that the Federal Reserve Bank engineers, Federal Reserve right. engineers. So 
when interest rates go up on credit cards, people effectively, because they're having to serve higher interest payments, it takes money out of their wallets and they have less money to spend. When okay. when um, the cost of auto loans goes up, because they go up right in tandem with what the Federal Reserve does, somebody may say, you know what? I wanted that fancier stereo system in my car, but I'm not going to get that fancier audio option because I'm going to have to pay more per month because the interest rates are higher. And so it takes the pedal off the economy a little bit. Okay, makes sense. And as for the stock market, don't believe any supposed expert about which direction stocks are going to go because they're making it up. They can sound really so wise, so well-trained, so intelligent, but it's just a guess. David's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, David. Hey, Clark. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Well, great to have you here. How can I serve you, David? I wanted to ask you a question about... um real estate investment trust private companies that do this. Um, All of my retirement money is in the stock market, and I'm thinking this might help diversify my portfolio. Do you have any opinions? I do. I do. So uh, REITs can be affordable or they can be expensive. REITs can have very narrow portfolios or very broad ones. And so for, for people who don't know what a REIT is, it's a real estate investment trust. And so a real estate investment trust might invest in um, office buildings that are for medical or general office buildings or hotels or apartments or storage units or any of a number of ways they'll slice and dice real estate. And when you're looking to diversify inside um, your investments, my favorite strategy is to go into an ultra-low-cost REIT index fund where instead of trying to bet on one particular sector of real estate if the whole idea is to diversify away from your stock type choices that you're in if you go into a REIT index you're paying very low cost to be widely diversified across the real estate sector well that's good super and so the beauty of a REIT index fund is that you can buy and sell it as you wish. But if you invest directly in a REIT, guess when you can buy and sell? I don't know. When they tell you you can. Oh, And And so it can be a more difficult process, and depending on the size of the REIT, it may not be easily traded. But when you go into a regular REIT index fund or a REIT, uh, which is exchange-traded fund, depending on how you invest your investments in retirement money, either could be suitable, you're able at extremely low cost to have the flexibility of going into a broad basket of real estate or not. The cheapest of all REITs, REIT index funds, can you guess who offers that? Um, Not sure. You ever heard of Vanguard? Of course. Yeah, so Vanguard... Is I mean they're the they're the big player in low cost mm-hmm. for investing because it's a co-op it's owned by its investors 
and they have perhaps the biggest of the REIT index funds, and it costs minimal money to be in it, no commissions, and extremely tiny management fees. And that would get you... That would get you the diversification you're looking for. Thank you for your advice. All right. Have a great day. It's Ask Clark time. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com. Producer Joel gets to ask it for you. Yeah, Clark Xavier wrote in and says, one of my kids wants to download the Sweatcoin app. What can you tell me about it? And is it safe? Your kid's smart to download Sweatcoin because it's free to use on an iPhone or Android and it nudges you to work out and it rewards you for working out meeting goals it's completely free it's um it's just one of those things that can make a difference in your life because some of us need to be batted over the head like i am by my fitness tracker i wear on my wrist again it's called sweat coin and you'll find it in the uh store for the iphone or the store for the Android phones, the Google Play Store. All right, and Bob wants to know, what's the process to get the $30 replacement iPhone battery? Have lots and lots and lots of patience. Generally, go on the Apple website, make an appointment at the Genius Bar, go in there, say, I need a new battery for my phone. They then say, okay, we can do that in three or five weeks. And then they'll notify you when they'll be ready to do the battery in your phone, and you come back and you get it for the $29. The reality is Apple really, really messed up on this, and the battery replacement should have been free. I think the result of all the lawsuits against Apple will ultimately lead to compensation for people that Apple deceived on the phones and the batteries. All right, Vinny says, thank you, Clark, for your suggestions on rental cars. I saved over $100 by taking your advice and reshopping rates the week before my trip. Keep up the good work. So I got a confession to make. I was really, really busy. Did two trips in six days, forgot to reshop a rental car, and the Wi-Fi wasn't working on the airplane, and I ended up paying probably more money than I would have if I followed my own advice and had reshopped my car. Always reshop. You're listening to the Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews.